Content marketing. Cloud computing. Social media reality. Creative competitive advantage. Future of innovation. Benchmark. It's two blokes talking all things creative, technology and business in Australia. Hello, we're back for episode number three. We're back. It seems like only yesterday we were recording episode number one. Absolutely. Time flies when you're having fun. It really does. Uh, we've got lots in store today. Uh, this is like the social podcast, isn't it? It is yeah. social. Yeah. And, uh, and speaking of social... Benchmark, hashtag Benchmark 103. Just felt like it was necessary to get it in early, mate. Let's, let's get it in early. Nice, like you're thinking. Well, today we, uh, we've, we've got the interview from the last Benchmark event, which was about social media influencers. Fantastic. What a, what a great time. That was awesome. Yeah. Lottie Takiri's new business, the rugby player. Really interesting yeah. transition. I know you're going to talk a little bit about that. That's exciting. And because uh, it's about social media, we thought we'd have a uh, another special guest, a third bloke in the studio to talk about creative technology and business, and that is David Warwick. Oh, not David Warwick. Really? Yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, David Warwick. David Warwick. How are um, you, mate? I'm well. I'm well. Yourself? Awesome. David's business, We Are Greenfields, does some... Wonderful social media strategy, enterprise work. Is that how you describe it? Uh, yeah, that would be how I'd describe it, yes. Ex- strategy for social media. And uh, being such a social guy, I was lucky enough to run into David yesterday at TEDx Sydney. And so uh, as part of today's podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the takeaways from that, what our experiences were like, and uh, a little bit of a view from the outside of that. Let's get on with it. Excellent. So we always start off uh, the podcast with uh, what's happened this week uh, segment. And um, look, in the social media world, there is only one thing we can talk about. Roll the tape. Just brings joy into your life, doesn't it? If you've oh been God. living under a rock, that's the Chewbacca <laughs> mum who uh, bought a Chewbacca mask and uh, Thursday morning did a Facebook Live video. And by the time she went to bed, it got a million views. By the time she woke up, 20 million views and is now at something like 180 million views and has broke the record for Facebook Live video. I mean, you can't, uh, you can't, you can't manufacture something like that, can nah. you? I mean, really, David, that's, that's got to no. be... I said, manna from heaven, right? It is, it is. But I mean, a natural laugh, it's sort of contagious anyway. Yeah. And you, um, you know, not surprisingly, uh, people got behind it. Had to that uh, good Chewbacca growl and, uh, yeah. and a bit of Star Wars merchandising. It's a pretty strong piece of content. Yeah, and it's original, it's authentic. What's interesting is that, you know, we're going to be talking about social media influencers later with the Who's Who guys, and, like, she has become... A celebrity, overnight. Overnight. Yeah. Just like that. I mean, she's probably got an agent now. <laughs> Already. She's probably represented, because she's gone on to the late, late show with James Corden. Facebook have got her in for to meet Chewbacca, and, you know, there's all these media things that she's doing, and she's created an audience for herself. Yeah, well, 180 million views and shares and comments and everything else. She's in the Facebook algorithm now. She's in a bunch of people's feeds. Whatever she puts out next, it may not have the same penetration, but it's going to get big numbers. So yeah. there's going to be people wanting to be on that bandwagon. But you, you can't you can't manufacture something like that, can you? I mean, is is it? It's so compelling, and you cannot stop watching it once it starts. I mean, you cannot pry yourself away from that. No, no. I'm sure there's a lot of marketing people out there thinking about how to manufacture something right. like that. But whether you can make it as authentic, 
uh, I think one of its real strengths is even though effectively it's sold out these um, Chewbacca masks, it, it wasn't deliberately about the transaction or getting somebody to make a, make a purchase. And the minute you make that the heart of the content, you probably kill it. Absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, lovely little story to open the segment. Fantastic. Great fun. So as I said before, uh, there I was just wandering around the uh, the halls of the Opera House, uh, taking in TEDx Sydney when I ran into the most amazing gentleman. What do you think, David? Well, TEDx Sydney was a um, it was an experience, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, I mean that's what it's positioned as, I guess. It's an experience. Um, yeah, and two and a half thousand people. And who do I happen to walk into? Uh, Slam bag into Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that, mate. Things were going so well for you as well. It's a, it's a really mixed bag, uh, my, in my opinion. And, and Nick, you've been before? Have you been well, to the I mean, before? Or you've yeah, been... I mean, we, we at Vicor, we were very... Could, very you guys first, worked on it, of course. Yeah, we yeah. were very first year, probably eight, nine years ago, we did the first live stream. Of the, right. it was, where was the first one, was it? Was, was it the ATP? Was it I a, think it was a, even at Icebergs before then. It was really? very small, the first one. And then when David and I were in Melbourne, we, we worked on the one at the library, didn't we? The yeah. first Melbourne yeah. TEDx. So, uh, but I haven't been for three or four years, so I'm interested to hear where, where it's at now. Yeah, look, uh, for, you know, from my opinion, in my opinion, I, I, you know, I love the whole concept behind TEDx. I think I've spent that many of my hours of my life sitting online watching, watching the videos, and so I love consuming that stuff. Uh, in, my, in my opinion, yesterday, it was a really mixed bag, then, and I'm sure... It, it always is. Okay. Yep. There was really high, high points, and there were some points during the day where I just didn't understand why those topics had been brought to, to in front of people. Mm, I, yeah. I think it's a fully curated event now. So, I mean, their idea is to get as broad a range of content as they can. Um, maybe that means, you know, depending on your take on, on that content, some of it's not for you, some of it, some of sure. it is. Um, but obvi- obviously, it's got a lot of people behind it. I mean, not only the two and a half thousand people that are at the event, but about ten thousand who were watching live streams or attending satellite events, and then they'll have hundreds of thousands, if not more, people watching some of this stuff on um, on on uh, YouTube or other channels moving forward. So it's, your, a, it's a big audience. What's your favourite piece of content? Uh, my favourite piece of uh, content. Um, it was probably the um, the setting a world record with the with the spoons because it, a little bit like the Chewbacca mum, it just made you feel good participating in something like that. It was a bit more physical, um, you know. Seeing uh, seeing the uh, the woman that actually did it on on stage in front of that many people really probably be a highlight for her. As you know, I don't think spoon players get to play in front of <laughs> two and a half thousand people at the opera house too often. Um, but in the serious content um, areas, I actually um, I actually liked the medical um, about how medicine needs to change, um, especially emergency um, medicine and the dealing with the mm. elderly. There was a lot of very serious content yesterday. Mm. Mm. You know, a mother of a dying child, and, mm. and and you know it was a very brutal but at the same time beautiful and elegant um, conversation. A lot of tears, I think, for that particular piece of very nice uh, content. Mm. Andrew, what about from a, a, a business perspective? You, you spent the whole day there. Did you get value out of networking? And yeah, that's a really interesting question. Um, you know, I've always thought TEDx is pitched as a networking event. Um, I feel like there's a lot of people walking around in isolation at the event themselves. I mean, there are many ways that you can 
you can go ahead and integrate and network with people if you if you choose to do that. But there was definitely a separation, and I think this probably just says that I must be getting a bit older because <laughs> I felt there was a real separation between um, the the uh, youth through to thirty year old marketing um, space, and then and then those people over and above that that were that, uh, mm. even just down to the way people were, were dressed. There was definitely a, a business audience, and then there was a group of people that were there networking, and whether or not they were getting true true. Uh, uh, truly integrated and, yeah. and and having really interesting interactions I'm not sure I, I really felt like I was an, at an entertainment event as opposed to a networking event right. that's not necessarily a criticism it just seems to be the way that it's, it's evolving. evolving okay yeah. and yeah. and um, even I, uh, I would say that's the same that I think um, I think the flavor over the years have moved a little bit more away from learning to entertainment and and, and I agree that's not a bad thing I yeah mean, if you if you're learning that while you're being entertained well you know that's that's pretty good experience but I don't know whether the networking's any better than any other full day event with that that sort of mm. um, group of people some people I'm sure got a lot out of that but I think a little bit of it was forced a little bit of it's just hard to network when you're in amongst two and a half thousand sure. thousand people anyway you're not really given a lot of opportunity for long longer conversations in sort of quieter um, spaces and that's probably not that type, type of event and I think it's interesting when Remo got up and spoke about uh, the licensee of the, of the of TEDx Sydney spoke about, you know, they're still coming to grips with who are they? Are they an event put on by a community or they, are they a, 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 an event with a community surrounding it? And where are they going? That's still very much up in the air. And in some ways, that's what I like about them is that they're, is that they're still trying to find out exactly who they are and where they're going to be. But uh, Yeah, and honest enough about that to actually say that they haven't got the answers and they'll make some missteps and then it'll evolve over time. Yeah. Would yeah. you go again? Would you go next year? I will go next year. Okay, yeah. that's really yeah. good. Yeah. I'm not sure. I didn't go last year. I feel like the year off gave me a little bit more objectivity around it and maybe I'll give it a miss and come back then yeah. the following year. But uh, you should go next year. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to go yesterday but a, a job came in. and Anyway, I'd really want to go again because it's been probably four years since I've been in a there you go. I'd like to see it again. So. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I got enough um, content out of it that there was enough learning. You know, it was a bit of a day out too, a bit of a yeah. sort of opposite from you. You're not, you know, you, you got a job in, I effectively decided to take it as, almost as a day out. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how well the parallel event thing went. I know they had a youth one running at the same time and obviously okay. none of us went to that. But I did see some stuff on social media of uh, effectively those people in the youth event. A little bit of traffic sort of saying, well, maybe the mainline content um, didn't need to be sanitised for them and they could have had the same sort of level. Mm. And I think it, TEDx really is almost a youth event itself. Mm. I, I predict that maybe 70, 80% of the audience were, you know, well and truly under 30. Is that right? Um, that's that's it, a lot, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, it, I think that sort of, um, you know, it's got, it, it's got a lot of, I think, you know, relatively junior marketing, advertising, mm. um, PR type professionals um, moving around. There's older audience as well, but yeah, definitely feels like a younger person's event. Maybe like Andrew, I'm just getting a bit too old and crusty. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, from three grumpy old men, that's the end of that segment. <laughs> Thanks, guys. It's podcast sponsor time. And this episode of Benchmark is brought to you by our good friends at Beamer Film. Beamer Film is Australia's premium streaming channel for true stories and independent voices. 
Now they've created an awesome collection of over 300 award-winning documentaries, independent features and festival favourites that will delight, inspire and entertain you. And many of these films can only be found online at beamerfilm.com, so go check it out. Okay, let's move on to the main interview. We were uh, very, very happy to have uh, Huzu along for our benchmark event two weeks ago. Two weeks ago already, yes. Huzu is a fascinating business, 18 months in, uh, set up by Lottie Takiri, the dual rugby league rugby union international, with his colleagues Nathan Ruff and Justin Gollidge. And, you know, they're a company that matches brands with celebrities via social, Mm. basically. And, you know, I, I was a... What's the word? Yeah, to me, that it just reeked of Kardashians a little bit yeah. beforehand. Um, what did you? What, yeah, what you, I have what to say, I, I was probably yeah. reasonably sceptical of it as well. I, I did think it was going to be um, that, that that it was going to be uh, a little cheap, um, and I think as you'll hear in the interview, it was it was anything but that, and that was really really refreshing. Let's roll the tape. Thank you for coming today. Um, this is the third benchmark we've done. And now we're going to talk about social media influencers and uh, you know, uh, how a brand can use an influencer or celebrity to uh, reach an audience. You, you must have had some, some uh, strange endorsements over your career that you've yeah. done or that you've been asked to do and that you refuse. Can you maybe share a few stories? A few endorsements. Yeah. Oh, mate, there's been a few... Yeah. There was one. There was, there was one when I went. I actually went to Fiji and saw a big billboard of Lottie eating noodles. And when I got back, told him about it, and he had never even heard of the brand or the. That was quite lucrative. Fijian dollars. Did you find it comfortable? No, not at all. Because yeah. for me, I'm, I'm, my personality, I, uh, I sort of just uh, sort of hang back uh, to be put on the spot, uh, and being a young guy coming uh, yeah. through. A system. Um, I don't. I didn't really like to say no, so I had. I had to have an advocate um, at times. So yeah. I, I was uh, really lucky in that sense to sort of. Man, I don't want to do this. Do this. That. Yeah. So I think it's quite important for young guys coming through. Um, that they uh, they do have a, a good mentor or yeah. a, an advocate to, uh, yeah. who uh, is in their corner. And so not, you, not not selling out either. Right? Yeah, not yeah. selling out, and that's what I guess where who's who. Um, as you know, sort of come in with you know we we tailor uh, things to uh, suit what uh, what our influencers like mm-hmm. uh, and their passions. Not only um, you know with advertisers or whatever, but also charities and, and everything they support as well. So uh, that's a big thing that um, I got out of playing footy, um, having the control back uh, with influencer marketing. Mm-hmm. So. Give, give us the background on who's who. What, what, what's give, what's the, the quick elevator? Nathan, 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 Nathan. Golly and I pitch it very differently. Um, we started out as a social media influencer business. Uh, we're now kind of shifting into people-powered marketing. Um, I, was, <laughs> I was given the challenge to throw that in today. So, uh, you know, it's no longer about influencers or celebrities or athletes promoting branded stuff, but it's also about tapping into your 
you know, your customers or your uh, employees as well and figuring out how you can motivate them to drive or fulfill some sort of some sort of action for your business. So g- give us an example of a, of a brief you've received recently. A hotel brand running a, a particular uh, yoga retreat, um, wanting uh, influences of the, the correct elk to be you know, being able to spread it through their Instagram post um, about the specific time, place, and, and uh, uh, location of the of the of the event. So, is that disclosure? Right. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, through the actual law states right now, you don't have to. Right. Okay. It's a kind of grey area. Um, as long as you believe in what you're promoting. Yeah. If you're passionate about the product, which yeah. is obviously hard to quantify at best times, um, then you're okay. Yeah. Um, but I believe that will change yeah. sooner rather than later. Uh, the UK and the US have definitely um, had to put the, the, dot, the hashtag sponsored or the hashtag right. okay. uh, behind a lot of their stuff. But we, we've done both mm-hmm. and we've not noticed any drop off. Uh, don't use it so much as an advertisement but rather a, a format to produce content yeah. and promote that way. So um, what we're trying to avoid is, is slapping a T-shirt or, or a branded hat on, on a celebrity and then taking a photo and say, buy Coke or you know, buy the Audi. Yeah. Um, but rather, how can they create some compelling content yeah. that is valuable to a you know, potential consumer, get people clicking, get people sharing, get people talking? So does the influencer have much say in what they are going to? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah, they can yeah, impro, yeah. for want of a better word? Some, depending on what the brand requirements yeah. are. We've found that the brands that do it the best are the ones that take a step back and just say, look, this is somewhat of the direction that we're trying to, that, you know, that we'd like you to go, um, but by all means, have some fun, have some fun with it. You know, we, we got you on board because we like you um, as a potential influencer you reflect well on our brand um, us as a business we do you know, that somewhat background check so we know we're not recommending um, some lunatic but uh, you know the, the brands let them kind of take the creative control and, and run with it so this is a question that always gets asked at this event this event's called benchmarks how do you how do you benchmark a success of a campaign is it engagement conversion acquisition what uh, it all depends on what we're trying to achieve. Sure. So it could be it's engagements, it could be click-through rates, it could be the number of conversations you've generated. Uh, you know, influencer marketing, you can still track conversions, return on investment. Um, given we're still in the digital marketing space, it's very important that media is or ma- is, uh, maintains that accountability. So at every point along the way, then it needs there needs to be some sort of yeah. Achievement. With the advocacy stuff, it could be sales leads, it could be recommendations, it could be some companies use it for recruitment. So it could be how many people you identified had, didn't have to pay a, a recruiter for um, because it was referred through by employees of business and, and it was found that way. There's also quite a lot of business owners in the room, and so we're always interested to hear about how you're finding that journey from a an idea you had in the in the playground, and on the, you know, to, <laughs> yeah, to, to Look, yeah, I've, I've done this before, but yeah. probably, I'd be interested to hear what you've got to say. No, no, no. It's, yeah. it's, for me, I'm just as I said before, I've just been learning the whole time, yeah. the learning process, mm-hmm. uh, and it, which has been easy er for me with uh, still being in a team environment. Yeah. I come from a team sport. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, I guess, helped um, 
to still, still be in that environment, so we're pushing each other in that sense. Yeah. What's some words you've learned in this journey, bloody with us? Uh, millennials. millennials. That's who yeah. we're targeting a lot of the time. <laughs> 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 um, what else have I learned, yeah. mate? Uh, yeah. What's your, your one today? Yeah. Uh, ideation. Ideation, yeah. It's yeah. thrown around quite a bit these days. Oh, marketing oh, mix. Sorry. Marketing mix. Marketing mix. Yeah. Oh, oh, marketing <laughs> mix. Good one, mate. That was the other one. Taking me back to university. That's <laughs> what's going to happen for the next year? What, what are your short-term targets and then what are your mm. long-term targets? It's uh, a good question. More campaigns. Yep. So, you know, by all means, send through briefs, guys, if you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Open for, for work. Yeah, look, we, yeah, we, we're a startup. Um, yeah. I think eight or nine staff now, and, and, and the growth has been fantastic, but there's always the challenges of startup. Yeah. Well, have you been more, strapped to yourself, or have you got external investments? Uh, a, a, yeah. a small investment uh, backing, and, yeah. and looking you know, the, potentially what to do next with that. Without any concrete plans, but uh, yeah, but we have invested ourselves as well. Yeah, we yeah, we, yeah, we sure. definitely put our own cash in as well and yeah. time. Um, it's like any business, you know. You, you just see everyone enjoys the, the overnight success that's taken eighteen mm-hmm. months to get to that level uh, yeah. of a lot of sleepless nights and a lot of hell of a lot of hard work. But it's been fun. It's all about the journey. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what we're doing now is is great. Where we plan on taking the business. In the future is you know, very exciting times for us. Um, just given the space that we're living in, the moment is constantly changing. Uh, where we want to be, kind of six, twelve, eighteen months, you know, five years down the track. Uh, it's exciting, exciting times. Um, so I'm going to open up to questions, but I'm just going to put two people on the spot right now because there's two people I know in the room who are very involved in the social media world. Tim Hill from Social Status. And David Warwick from We Are Greenfields. Uh, you didn't say you didn't say had plants in the room. Right? Yeah. Um, what 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 is your give gives us a, a, an overview of where you think the social media world is at the moment? What, what what's your perception on the role of influencers or anything you want to comment on? Well, influencers are always important. They always yeah. have been, and I don't know whether technology and social has actually changed anything about mm. how humans react. It's just made some of the gateways and some of the connections a little bit easier. For us, it's more about automating that process. Um, today, there is an element of automation. There's still a manual process to it all. Um, I believe you can't you, you can't take human touch out of what we're working on at the moment. Um, but where we want to be as a business is a marketplace of sorts, where the sharing of content becomes uh, a commodity. So you can take a branded piece of content. Uh, and you can share that, that out across Facebook to your friends and family, and you get paid for that. And there's quite a few people in the room who are client-side. I wonder if anyone's got a, uh, anything to share about how being client-side, you, 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 you approach social media and, and influencers. Anyone want to say anything? Judy? Um, I suppose the question that I've got is, um, that's all about pushing out um, comments and, and pushing out content, but how do you draw in the dialogue how does the dialogue, um, how, how do you measure the dialogue, how do you create the dialogue, where do you get getting the influences to have the conversation with the mass market? And again, if you're pushing it out to automate it, then how do you manage the dialogue as well? It's a very good question. Um, <laughs> there's quite a number of platforms that you can integrate into your business um, from a monitoring social media conversation perspective that allows you to pick up on certain keywords. Uh, and that allows you to monitor things that people are saying 
uh, around those particular keywords and you can set up uh, triggered responses to help manage that conversation. Um, what we're trying not to do is push the conversation but encourage it. Uh, and we can do that by ensuring that the advertiser that we're partnering with, uh, partnering the, the talent, the celebrity, the influencer with, um, is the right fit. So you've got a relationship with these influencers all the time or just some of the time by accident? No, so yeah, are you exclusive anymore? No, no, no. So our, our application or our promise is that we're recommending advertisers the right fit irrespective of whether or not they're on our database. So we're not going out and selling people that we represent exclusively or not, but rather we operate a search engine, if you will. And you type in a number of keywords relevant to your brand or your target audience, conversations, what have you, and up comes a res uh, results listings of all the people out there right now that a brand should be working with. And we take that list and we recommend that to the client and say, hey, great, these ambassadors, all these people that you're working with previously, fantastic, but hang on, have you seen these guys out here? Have you seen X, Y, and Z? Um, this is their average engagement rates, this is their reach, this is how they use social media as a, as a content platform. These are the advertisers that work with before in the past. Uh, you should be working with these. Uh, and then a brand will sign them off, they'll say, great, out of that list of 10, we want these six. Those six may or may not have worked on our program before. If they haven't, we then bring them on board. Do you find that a lot of companies are still a bit nervous about getting into social media? And, and how do you advise that in terms of management inside their organisations, whether it's centralised, decentralised? Yes. Uh, there's companies that have completely embraced it and they're doing very well with it. There's companies that know they have to use it but don't know how to um, and that's kind of a lot of this is hand holding at the moment for those types of organisations uh, and there's companies that won't relinquish any control but do use it and then get annoyed when it doesn't work um, so it's, it's varied. You need to figure out what the value is in it for your business um, how can you cater for the needs and what happens on social media because um, you can dive straight into social media and then uh, there's a lot happens. A lot happens in social media and if you're not equipped for it then you're um, you beating over your head. You know. so social media can be a, a damning place. You know, a lot of people criticise and have negative comments and complain on social media. So if, if you're not equipped to handle that, then um, you know, that can have negative repercussions on the business. So... Um, I can understand why some companies you know, are hesitant to get in there in the first place. Um, you just got to figure out, you know, what's your purpose there. For those that figure out ways to it, do you advocate opening up, up to everyone inside their organisation to participate versus having one or two marketing people controlling it? <laughs> no, we we subscribe to. Yeah, your your employees to an extent your members, and then if it's a good business, your customers are your best advocates. Yeah. Um, so if you're doing your job right, you'll be reaping the rewards and they should be doing it anyway. Are there ever times when official sponsors of the team might be sort of like tempted to come to Fuzu to have you endorse their product on a more personal level? 
we'll, we'll try to keep them out as much as we can, um, purely based on, you know, we need them in the office more than out there spruiking product. But, uh, um, yeah, sometimes we can uh, get Lottie involved and he can show them how to, how to do it. Um, but ultimately, it's sort of our proposition is very much we will get you the best influences to deliver on your campaign objective, um, and that may not be him. Lottie, Lottie brings a fantastic professionalism. We, uh, in terms of, he's very driven, he's very uh, motivated, and when he when he sets his sight on something, it's I'd hate to be the guy trying to tackle him on the other other side <laughs> to use a sporting analogy. He's been a very good motivator. Someone that uh, rewards us, you know, and I think that's prevalent on the sporting field. You know, you've always got to be there, and if someone's doing a good job, you let them know about mm. that. And he's certainly taken that from the sporting field and applying that in a business sense, which has um, been very good. And I guess you don't know what you can bring valuable. when you come from a, mm. you know, sort of team environment and what else, and, and, and sort of get into uh, a, a new business and everything else, because you know, I'm, 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 I'm baby steps. Yeah. You know, at the moment, and I will learn um, and uh, on the job is in what I'm doing. So, um, yeah, I'm just uh, just soaking it all up. Well, I think the bromance is well and truly on. Could <laughs> 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 you give them a round of applause, please? Yeah. Thank you. So there you go. What a different way of uh, of approaching that as a as a topic. Sure. I I'm, I must say I don't feel that I have a particularly broad uh, social media uh, presence. I, I'm probably better than some and not as good as mm-hmm. others. But but I had once been approached to do um, uh, to do brand representation and really didn't. It felt like a clash for me. That uh, presentation kind of reframed it in my mind and put it at, on a, on a professional level of the of the shelf. David, as someone that lives and breathes in this space, what was your what was your takeaways? Yeah, I think it's going to take me a while to fully absorb what what they spoke about. But I, I, a bit like you, I thought you know this was a little bit of a sort of flashy area of social media right. crossover of, of the you know the the really hungry celebrities that are vacuous celebrities, if you like, and it and it wasn't that. Um, I think they're in a pretty hot spot as far as where social's going to go because definitely. Um, picking these sort of granular pockets of influence that different celebrities have and aligning them with messages that would, you know, work for those audiences. Uh, I think it's an idea whose time has come. There's going to be a lot of people wanting to play in this space mm-hmm. from, you know, older, um, you know, uh, celebrity management um, people through to brand, uh, typical sort of brand players. Um, I think they're going to have a little bit of a hard time carving out their own area and keeping it because there's going to be a lot of people uh, nipping into this area. But if you can if you can get the right structures in place, um, it, you know, social's strong enough now that celebrities want to play there, and bit celebrities who've just got audiences in particular areas can can play. Uh, definitely an area that first clients that I would work in 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 what. Strangely, you would already be calling more traditional social um, media. Seems odd in such a short mm. period of time. Yeah. Um, I, I'm interested in looking at how I might be able to use some of these platforms and services. That's really interesting. Yep. 
And I mean, uh, Nick, you've uh, you've had a relationship with these guys, uh, well, not not a long, long relationship, no. right? But uh... no, well, the, re- the reason we got introduced was um, through the feature film we're releasing very soon. The uh, the producer Nicole, she's married to Nathan, and so uh, we're going to be using Huzu for some, hopefully, for some uh, celebrity endorsement of the feature film. And uh, I thought that'd be really interesting to invite them in and see what they're doing in a more business space. Um, what, what I really liked about what they're doing is that it, they're not just that broker or agent for a brand to get to a celebrity, to, a, to an audience. They are creating some technology, a platform that a- allows them to find out what, who is the right celebrity for that brand based on their profile, able to monitor, or sorry, create the content and get that approved and schedule it so they know what's going out and being able to then the back end report, monitor, analyze, etc., on the efficacy of it all, you know? And yeah, I think brands will really like that. It's a very practical use of monitoring to yeah. actually decide who you're going to target and, and what with. Um, I'm assuming in a virtuous way that's, you know, both beneficial for the celebrity and for the audience. Yes. And the brand. Absolutely. You're effectively bringing those yes. three parties to, mm-hmm. together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Does, does, does the situation exist where they can get it so tragically wrong? And they align the hell, wrong brand with them at yes, the wrong time. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that's yeah. the other thing. And I think that you're going to be pulled in that direction because celebrities who are hungry for the wrong audience, they're going to be barking at your door. Um, audiences are very easily put off by the wrong celebrity or the wrong mm-hmm. um, message. And then brands are also, you know, might have, let's say in extreme cases, a delusional view of where their brand should sure. be, be playing. And, and somehow they've got to navigate not just the... The you know the mechanics of that, but mm-hmm. the politics of that. Absolutely, absolutely. Look, I, uh, the other th- uh, point I was wanting to make was um, it was just really interesting meeting Lottie. Yeah. Actually, he, I mean, he's such a big guy, and he's he's a cuddly bear of a man, isn't he? He's very yeah, humble and, and really well spoken. Yeah. Obviously, knows exactly what he wants to get out of this yeah. this engagement, and uh, yeah, really, what a obviously not a bad draw card either. We have. Uh, Fullest house we've ever had. We did so. have a full house. I, 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 also, I quite liked how he was very upfront about how he is new to this business world, mm-hmm. and he, he didn't try and bullshit anyone. You know, yeah. he was like, yeah. "I'm learning this." You know, I loved the bit when they were taking the Mickey out of him about what new words he'd learned. You know, and talking about <laughs> millennials and stuff. It's great. Yeah, I don't think that was a good thing. I think he could do without those words. To be honest, <laughs> just stick with the words he knows. Stick with what um, he knows. And exactly. most of the rest of us should forget those words yeah, as well. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Anyway, I think it was a very worthwhile event, and thanks to the Hoosie boys for giving it their time. Fantastic stuff. We have a new sponsor for this episode, and seeing as it's the social episode, none better to sponsor it than Greenfields, the digital strategy and content experts. Greenfields believe that you need to lead while everything else is changing. So, regardless of your organisation's landscape, Communicating with your optimal audience using digital channels is increasingly important. Greenfields are the experts for your effectiveness in online and social media spaces. Check them out, wearegreenfields.com. I am I'm fascinated by social media. I'm fascinated by not only the bit that I'm exposed to, but the sort of stuff that you do that I feel it's almost like a dark art, right? I feel like it's it's a magic that, that I don't think I really get my head completely around it. it. 
Is it, David Morris? It is, is, a, it, it is, is a dark art. art. Yes, it is a dark <laughs> art. Um, and, and no, I'm not a practicing wizard in any way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is to us as well. I mean, even in the agency that we have, which is a small agency, I, don't, I think it's evolving so quickly with such um, deep um, expertise in different areas that there's now people who are expert in social analytics, there are people who are expert in crafting messages through social channels, there are people who are expert in um, bidding for advertising and choosing you know, which audiences and geographies they're going to target. Um, and we, even in our small business, now have people who are falling into those specialties, and I don't feel like I'm across them. I think the territory's still moving too quickly um, to feel like you're abreast of what's occurring or that you're ever quite keeping up. And I think if I can't feel like that, then most people who are just trying to apply it as part of their brand promotion or a small piece of their total jigsaw puzzle, they're going to be struggling even more to actually see where it fits, which is, I guess, where the opportunity for consultants and agencies lives. But I don't think anyone's really got you know, the crystal ball on, on where, it, where it's going. And I think the, that sort of feeling of being a sort of somewhat out of control, frontier territory, dark art, however you want to describe it, that's not going to go away in a hurry. But it's also a science as well. I mean, it, it is a area that... You, you can plan and monitor analyse. There's a data yeah, analysis there. There certainly yeah. is, and analytics are moving forward. The products that do sort of that stuff are getting far more sophisticated. There's probably going to be some rationalisation in the monitoring tools, and then they're going to get aligned to outcomes. Initially, they started by just giving you the data. Now, increasingly, they're being connected to some sort of automation of, of publishing. And then I gather even into the Huzu type model where the automation of connecting to voices and celebrities and influencers, that'll move, that'll progress. So that's certainly a science, but coming back to um, Chewbacca mum, <laughs> even with all that science, can you actually apply the science and create something that resonates that much, that quickly, just because you know a little bit about the audience and the data? There's still an art to knowing how to craft a, a message, and the data won't tell you that bit. Yeah. So is it... Is it too early for to be able to call somebody a social media expert? I mean, is it is it changing and developing so quickly? I mean, it seems to be amorphous in a lot of ways. Is it is it too early to say somebody actually knows how to do it, or are we all still guessing? I think people actually know how to do certain things. Yeah. So they're an expert in, in their own area. I think we've gotten pretty good in some of the areas that we work, but we do a lot of B2B, we do a lot of high-end corporate stuff, we know, we're starting to know a lot about that, so, you know, it depends on where you define expert, mm-hmm. you know, how strongly you want to make that, that word uh, defining, but, but there'd be a lot of areas, you know, fashion, um, the celebrity stuff that we'd be babes in the woods, so they're, you know, the who's who guys are expert in that, yeah. there's somebody really, can you go to somebody and they're going to solve all your social no. media problems, that's they're not. In, in yeah. my world of content and branded content, uh, every presentation brings up bloody Red Bull, right? Right. <laughs> it's, it's embarrassing that they, you know, it's yeah. in there. Or yeah. Uber. Yeah. yeah. Or, that, or the yeah. disrupting world. You know, it's yeah, Uber so in the corporate Airbnb. space for us, yeah. it'd be Uber. Right? Yeah, in, the, sure. in the FMCG, yeah. it's probably Red Bull or... or yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was going to ask, is there, is there a, a brand that you look in the social media space that are... The, the poster child, if you like. Sure, yeah. So I, I, I can't stand when um, people talk about Uber. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And the, the reason that I can't, and, and, pick, and use the French as a good example of debunking the sort of hype, right? In, um, in France, they have two corporate groups which they both, they both talk about with hate. <laughs> they have the, uh, 
the uh, Lenafu group and uh, and the Legafa group. Gafa is Google, Apple, Facebook, Amazon, right? So they talk about them in disgust, but effectively they're the guys who disrupted. Now they're monopolies, and they're controlling the market and trying to protect their space, right? So there's the, the Legafa group, which is that maturing technology, and now there's Lenafu, which is Netflix, Airbnb. Um, I'm not going to remember all of the rest Uber, in that. Uber, yeah. yeah, Uber, that's yeah. right, and uh, and another uh, an, another one. They're they're the disruptors, right? So every big corporate you talk to wants to be in that group. They want to be Uber. They want to be Airbnb. Problem is, they're actually in the other group, right? They they hold monopoly or controlling positions. So how do you transition a business from an from an older world that's being disrupted to be the disruptor? Right? It basically never happens. Right, you, you, somebody else comes through and cleans the clock. So if you're one of those guys, you've effectively got to run a dual business, right? You've got to run a multi sort of modal business where you're looking after the balance sheet and the customers in the way they're expecting to, and then you've got some skunk works operation off to the yeah. side that's trying sure. to at least hold off disruption or at least have a play in the disruptive part of what's happening to your, your industry. It was funny recently with um, Optus uh, announced with the English Premier League that you had to be an Optus customer, mm. which seemed a really backward thing to do. Uh, and social media just obliterated Optus. You yeah. know, so many people like myself, you know, who were just like, you, you know, we hate you now, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, What's happening here with uh, Game of Thrones not being broadcast because it's being held out by the media agencies, you can look at it with the um, mm. Beyonce's Lemonade album yep. going through their own label, which if your content's good enough and yes. if your channel's good enough, people will change their behaviour and they did change their behaviours mm-hmm. for the release of that yep. of that album and the backlash from social media wasn't that large. Interesting. Then eventually yeah. they roll it out through the, the normal, the normal channels. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it's funny they're not Optus then came out with, uh, defending what they did, saying that we're a, we're a, we're a disruptive company. You know, disruptive has just become like this cliche term of the month, hasn't it? You know, and it's like, can Optus be disruptive? I'm not sure whether they can. Yeah, I've another word it. to drop from the lexicon. I've got an there. ambition to disrupt yeah. disruptive. <laughs> I'm going to disrupt disrupt. Yes, absolutely. And then someone will have to come along and disrupt disruptive disrupt. disrupt. Yeah, I, I think you can. I think you can get rid of that word, and I and I, I regret to say that it would, does appear in my bio. Um, but I, after today's conversation, it's gone. I think it's I'll gone. Go and get rid of it. So what? It's what? a word that Lottie Takiri shouldn't add to That's his right. uh, list of words. But I think if you take a humanistic view of what's occurring with technology, where you put people and their true needs and their true wants in the middle of any conversation, you know you're going to be heading in the right direction. Right, the the minute you do something like Optus is, does, and you you work against what the people actually want, yeah, you know you're on shaky ground, right? If you're facilitating what your audience actually really want and removing the hurdles, they'll love you for it. So Absolutely. that's the that's usually the right answer. Lovely, nice little catch up on social media. Absolutely, Thank you. thanks, mate. Pleasure. Really great having you in here today. Well, that's nearly the end of another benchmark. Good fun. Yeah, nice having David here to talk social. It's been awesome. Um, what's coming up in, in your world, Andrew? Anything exciting? Ah, uh, I have a little uh, little fun thing coming up here. We're running uh, our uh, we, we run a networking group up here called. 
Cloud Crowd. Mm. Uh, the Cloud Crowd AUS is what it's on LinkedIn. Um, and, uh, you know, we were speaking before with David about these, these words. Uh, innovation oh, yeah. is, is a big word as well. Disruption, yeah. innovation. Um, and so I've uh, been a little frustrated of late uh, just with not being able to get anybody to explain. Everybody's talking about innovation. It's the driving force. The government's talking about it, for goodness sake. But nobody seems to be able to give us a clear explanation about innovation. What are we actually talking about? Even on Q&A, um, somebody from the audience asked them to explain it and they managed to avoid mm. talking about it completely. So um, I've uh, we've decided to run a debate Great innovation in Australia and that's going to be one of my, one of my key, uh, key focus points. Um, when is it? Uh, it's coming up in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we're just doing it around a couple of drinks with a few really, really smart panellists to, uh, to tackle, the, tackle the issue. So I'll be, uh, I think what we might do is, in, in fact, get Benchmark along on the night and we'll record it. And Absolutely. See if, can, see if we can use that as part of the next, uh, next podcast. Yeah, and uh, we'll have another Benchmark event uh, in a few weeks. We've not locked in uh, the speaker yet. But, no, uh, that's exciting, isn't it? Who shall we get? So we've done publishing, we've done virtuality, we've done social. Yeah. Maybe we should do disruption and innovation. Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you for listening and uh, we'll see you next time. Content marketing, innovation. Benchmark. It's two blokes talking all things creative, technology and business in Australia.